Coming this fall, the 16th installation of True Rock, the acclaimed film festival that brought you classics like Shirtless White Guy Climbs Hard in Germany, Shirtless White Guy Climbs Hard in California, and Shirtless White Passing Minority Guy Climbs Hard in America. The same shit you watch every year, but this year with a twist. One of the best feelings you can feel is like realizing how small you are in the outdoors. It, it's something that all of us, I'm sure, have experienced at some point, and I'm thankful to be a part of that. White Pro Climber number two is doing something that no climber has done before, which is a harder version of what climbers have already done before. It's amazing. It's honestly amazing. Yeah, you know, we were like anxious about not having enough gear and the only option was to drop another five thou on cams just to be sure we'd make it. I mean, thankfully the camera crew was there to run and get it for us, but dude, we still had a long way to go before the summit. I, I wasn't sure if we were gonna make it without, you know, opening the lobster. I mean, we were gonna make it. I just didn't know if we were gonna use all our resources. We're watching like the climbing equivalent of like Superman over and over and over again. I do not want to see another climbing movie. If you ask me if I saw Real Rock 365 one more time. I'm Superman, but I don't know if I if I want to be Superman and I don't know if I can be Superman. But at the end of the day, I can conquer all. Let's see Alex Honnold two or three times in every film. It's just like, why? Like, why are we highlighting this one dude who's a phenomenal athlete? Like, I have so much respect for the guy, but I don't need to see him every single year at Real Rock. It's just a bunch of white dudes like living this fringe lifestyle, climbing the rocks. I tell people, they're like, oh, are you going to go this year? No, I saw that already. They're like, oh, no, it's no, I saw it already. I would like to see a diverse range of skill sets in a diverse cast. My only hope is that the stories change and it's not always just about, you know, the next strongest person and that we can hear stories about people and community and land and all of that. You are now rocking with the best climbing podcast out there. Yes, sir. This ain't your mama's podcast. This is the American Climbing Project, and I'm your host, Devin Dabney. And boy, oh boy, am I excited for today's topic right here, which is the one, the only, Real Rock. I know there might be some broken hearts in the audience today, but rest assured, this will not just be pure shit talking. More like critique, if you will. And who better to critique this ubiquitous piece of climbing media with me than my good friend and mentor, Chris Hampton, who's been working with me on a lot of stuff these past few years, some of which you'll hear about at the end of this show. With that said, we got a lot to talk about, so let's just get right to it. And hopefully by the end of this episode, we'll even have the naysayers agreeing with me like, Damn, you talented, but you ruined my life. I don't understand how people can be so in so deep into the quote unquote climbing culture that they don't see that they're, they're basically the thing that they hate, (laughs) you know? Yep. Yeah. I think, I think there's a lot of 
hypocrisy in all of it. And most of us don't take the time to like really sit back, really think deeply about what it is we do and we say and we believe in and we stand for. Um, we just kind of parrot everything that's around us and that we see on social media and that we expect everyone else thinks we're, we should say, you know, it's like a, it's like this fitting in survival mechanism and, and maybe that's what's wrong. Like maybe I don't care about fitting in. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter to me in the slightest. It's just kind of how hokey are these videos, right? Unless you're a climber, they're kind of silly. Okay, so I think there's like shirtless white guy sends hard thing. I think there's like vignette of climbing culture that completely ignores all the historical context. So like, like Valley Uprising. It also doesn't include almost any stories of marginalized people in the history of America because we never talk about that because it makes white people uncomfortable. And and then you get like the other kind, which is the like white climber goes to faraway land. Oh, here are two white women climbing somewhere globally, whatever. That's disrespecting like the native people to that area. A lot of it is rooted in really fucked up colonial history, like John Muir and Freeman Tilden and all of these white men who are super racist and misogynistic. When I got my t-shirt, the back says walls are meant for climbing. And I don't know, it just made me think deeper and deeper, right? Like this one company, walls are meant for climbing. And then it made me think, well, what about indigenous people? Like, whose walls are we talking about? That is such a colonial mindset of like, if it's there, I must conquer it. Rock climbers aren't wrong for getting meaning out of climbing, but thinking that that's the only thing they're for, I think is so culturally blind and so selfish. It's a voluntary closure of Devil's Tower to allow the tribes to complete their ceremonies without interruption from climbers. And yeah, you still have some people who feel it's their privilege to climb whenever they want. So much more worried about wanting to climb there than respecting the artifacts and the people and the land that was there before them. Climbing is often looked at as just a recreation. Like, no, this is embodying colonialism and suppression and oppression. It's all here. And frankly, you know, being a, you know, there's, there's no more like credibility as a community member. You don't get a special you know, platinum card because you're a pro, <laughs> right? You're still the same amount of a community member as anybody else, whether you're pro or whether you're a month in. Yeah. Even though for some reason we don't treat it like that. Like, <laughs> and I, I think I said this to Brianna, actually, you made me think of her when, uh, when you mentioned her, but, uh, I was like, I don't, I don't look at the pros and go like, ah, yeah, they're just like me. Like, I'm like, I look at, you know, like, I can't relate to these people at all. They don't yeah. know anything about my climbing experience. They've never, they've never been in my shoes. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. That's, I mean, that's just reality, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, and it's not, it just goes back to what we were talking about earlier, where the point isn't to call someone specifically out. Like, I'm not right. saying that. I hate all pro climbers and that I don't like that. I don't respect them for what they mm -hmm. do, you know, athletically. It's just like, I would like to be able to relate to the people in my sport. And that, 
I don't know. It's no one's fault. It's just I'm just pointing out something I would like, you know? Yeah, and we'll pick pieces, you know, that we can relate to with different people. Mm-hmm. You know, with with you and I, there's the hip hop element. Mm-hmm. You know, when I look at most pro climbers, I'm like, I'm old enough to be your dad. You know, uh, do I relate to you? No. Mm-hmm. You know, I might tell you, I might, you know, ground you or something, <laughs> but I don't relate to you at all. <laughs> um, so, you know, we'll, we just pick the pieces we relate to and, you know, we're, all, we're always going to gravitate more toward the people we can find more of those pieces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think that that's why, you know, in a world where there are more black professional climbers and uh, like just representation of different types of professional climbers, like I think that that will just be um, – It'll just be better for the sport in general because I, it's not. I don't think it's just me and it's just black people or minorities that feel that way. I think there's a lot of white climbers that probably look at pro climbers and are like, "I don't, you don't know anything about my my uh, trials and tribulations as a rock climber." <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, I get a I get a ton of messages from people who are like, "I want to hear more from the average Joes." You know, the people who have careers and. And I mean, I haven't had that many pro climbers on the podcast in the last couple of years because I'm more interested in the other people. Yeah, it's I mean, pro climbing like is very specific to a specific type of person who has like a specific type of lifestyle and and like time commitment to rock climbing and all that stuff. So, yeah, it would only make sense uh, that it would be like just totally like unrelatable (laughs) for most people because most people can't be professional rock climbers true rock it was like I couldn't do the thing at first and then I trained really hard and I still couldn't do it and I got upset took some time off finally did the thing. You know, now that my film is coming to a close, I'm having some nostalgic pangs for when I couldn't do the thing. Back then I was only focused on the thing and I trained for the thing and now I don't have a thing. But I think there's a thing in France that could be the next thing that I work on. It's looking really futuristic. And by futuristic you mean like the holds are small or what's futuristic about it? I mean that literally the climb goes into a wormhole that leads to 3045 and there's aliens <laughs> this might get me in trouble but i don't really know what white culture is <laughs> you know like, i don't I'm, i don't either devin i don't i don't know <laughs> what is it is it like unsweetened tea <laughs> like <laughs> i mean it's like I don't know PBR and four wheelers. Yeah, the the show, the TV show Friends. I think that's important. <laughs> um. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I don't. I don't know either. And you know, this uh, to to get us both in trouble. Um, I had an argument not long ago on the internet that I said I'm not sure climbing has a culture. I think yeah. all they've done is. You know, try to be counterculture, what yeah. what their what their version of counterculture is, which actually isn't even all that counter anymore. Mm-hmm. And 
and they're just piggybacking off of surfers and skateboarders, you know, yeah. and, and there really isn't a culture. And I, I would prefer that actually, if it, if it became so diverse that there was no discernible, like hard lined climbing culture. Yeah. I would, that would, that would make me much happier if people just couldn't find what climbing culture meant. Yeah. I mean, I don't know who argued with you about that because, um, I think that's totally true. I mean, I think, I mean, I think that's exactly what I was writing about in that essay for Luke is like, I don't, I don't see it either. I think that climbing culture just, yeah, I, I think it's exactly what you said. I think climbing culture just identifies itself by, trying to be the opposite of capitalism, but, but it still like judges itself off of capitalistic and patriarchy things of like, absolutely. Yeah. Like I, I, and, and I think that like, even just like the way climbers dress and the way they, they act and like the things they like, they, they they're literally just copying what the climbers 50 years ago did. And Mm -hmm. not really like those climbers were not intentional about like, Oh, well, you know, in climbing culture, we want people to live in vans and like, and pretend like they're poor when in reality they're not like, <laughs> but for some reason that became the thing of like, you know, yep. I'm living in a house in Joan or in like suburbia with lots of money. I'm sick of it. I'm going to um, live out of my, <laughs> my hybrid a Honda Civic, <laughs> you know, yeah. and just yeah. pre- pre- be quote unquote off the grid, man. <laughs> like, I don't know. It, it's yeah, not, I'm, there's no purpose so, to that. I'm so anti-capitalistic that I'm going to live out of my $120,000 Sprinter. That's so, isn't that so weird how it's like now the, the vans cost more than houses? It's absurd. I've had somebody give me advice of like, well, if you, you know, just dedicated more time to climbing, you would get better. And I was like, yeah, I would love to dedicate more time to climbing. I would love to like go outside every weekend, but I got kids, I got bills, I got rent. I've literally had a fight where he straight up said that he doesn't care about any political issues because the only thing he cares about in life is climbing and getting outside and climbing. It's like everything, Devin. It's like everything to them. And I've seen it. Like, I'm like, you're one injury away from being done. You're going to be like done. And he's lost relationships because of it, but he doesn't care because his relationships don't matter to him as much as going outside and climbing. I'm not just like a single white man that can like climb whenever he wants to and not think about anything else that's going on in the world. It's like you are so obsessed with and consumed by just the act of rock climbing. You are so obsessed with it and gaining and getting everything they can from it that their sense of being a human is like gone. True rock. When we started climbing out in Bros Valley, it was pretty wild, you know? We were getting in all sorts of trouble with the law, but thankfully Tom's dad knew the police chief, so we got off easy. In those days, it was like, fuck the pigs, you know? We didn't care about the law. Yeah, I told my dad, you know, like, keep the yacht. I got my Subaru, I got the mountains. Thing about the outdoors is it doesn't care if you're rich or poor, black, white, everybody's just people out here. It's the great equalizer. 
we're rebels, man, you know? Like, we didn't understand why people didn't want us climbing on their private property. All we were trying to do is promote the Stoke, man. That was what it boiled down to. And, you know, there were some misunderstandings at first, but at the end of the day, people let us do what we wanted to do. going somewhere, going to another country and invading a community of people for your own selfish gain, for fucking rock climbing. Like, come on. The profound part of it is really something that that goes unnoticed, which is that, well, to what degree are we being respectful of any of these cultures that we travel to as part of our outdoor climbing experience? When I think about racism specifically and then think about, like, the outdoors, like, one of the first things that comes to me is the rights of, like, actual Native American people. No one is thinking about the people that were initially there and were a part of, like, creating that outdoor space. Like, do you lack that much empathy that, like, rock climbing is more important to you than, like, being a kind human being? Climbers, it's our responsibility to really be vocal about those issues that affect actual, like, indigenous people to the United States. Culture takes precedence to climbing. Like, that should be universally accepted. I mean, it's not even really about sharing because the land is not ours. That's, like, the first step is trying to get people to realize that this land used to belong to somebody else. We're not just on land, right? We're on stolen land. You know how people are starting to do land acknowledgements? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a great thing. I think mm-hmm. it's great to acknowledge that um, this land is stolen and that it, bl- but, but I just don't like when that becomes people's way of like, see, you know, like I yeah. did it. And, and now, cause I feel like rock climbers are doing this thing when they, at least I've noticed when they post on Instagram of them climbing, they're like, I'm privileged to be um like out in bishop or whatever it is and like all that changed is they just added the i'm privileged to be onto what they would have posted six months ago exactly there's they're still in the middle of a pandemic out in bishop climbing with 50 other white people and they think that's their like pass yeah they said oh i'm i'm so privileged to be able to do this and let me acknowledge the land we're on yeah so i i just like I don't know. It's like, on one hand, I can hear people going like, well, what do you want us to do? Like, you want us to not say anything? And I'm like, no, I just, I don't know what, to be honest, I don't know what I want. I just know that that ain't it. (laughs) I don't want, I don't like it when people just acknowledge things and they don't do anything about it. I don't know. Yeah. You know, I also, I also struggle with the idea that that I should be getting or that I have the like right to get mad at people who aren't fighting for the same causes that I want to fight for. Yeah. Um, Because there are lots of causes that other people care about that I'm not fighting for. Yeah. Um, And, you know, not everybody is meant for the fight. You know, not everybody is meant to, to take up a platform. Um, and, and I think that's okay. I just don't know how to navigate that very well. I'm much better at just getting mad. <laughs> I mean, I get it. You know, like the thing that I think what you're getting at is something that I've considered in terms of like, if you 
if you try to address all the problems in the world at the same time, like you will just be miserable. Like, because oh, totally there's, there, there's yeah. always going to be some, a country that's starving or a country that's at war mm-hmm. or a race of people that is getting uh, oppressed or put under like there's so many problems in the world and yeah like if i choose to not focus on the the turtles that have straws up their noses then i'm a bad person (laughs) you know (laughs) but or and and i i guess like yeah like that that's kind of what i've realized like or i guess what i'm trying to remember about race and racism is like it's very important to me I don't know, but it, but it's weird to say that it's not important to someone else and that it's okay for it to be because they're focused yeah, on the exactly. environment. Because it's like, well, all this stuff's tied together. I don't know the answer to that, really, but it's just a thought. Yeah, I I have the same thought pretty often, you know, partly because I live in a town that's right next door to a reservation that doesn't have the same, you know, access to things. Uh, that we do and and I'm more concerned honestly I mean just to be honest I'm more concerned about race when it comes to black and white but there's this native population right next door that Mm -hmm. that I haven't paid a lot of attention to and I should be paying more attention to Mm -hmm. so I definitely struggle with with that whole idea yeah and I mean, I don't really know if there's a a quote unquote right answer to even that, because like if you divert more attention to, to one issue and take it away from another, is that is that fair to the, the cause that you that you care more about currently? You know, if you're like, right. you know what, I'm going to abandon this whole Black Lives Matter thing for a grip and just hop over to to this issue. Is yeah, that, I mean, what if mm-hmm. what if Angela Davis was like, oh, I'm going to stop worrying about racism and talk about, you know, the global warming? Yeah, <laughs> that would be really weird. Oh, God. Yeah, I don't know. You know I think I would just be confused. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think you have to care about the thing. I think if if you're going to really go to bat for something, you have to really care about it. Um, don't mm-hmm. do it just because everybody else is doing it you know don't do it because someone told you you should do it even if that person is me you know don't listen if i'm saying you have to go to go to bat for this this year true rock takes it a step further after insane blowback for not having enough diversity in our storylines true rock brings you two all new groundbreaking films that are sure to set the climbing world on fire. First, The Land of the Free, a tale of a group of white male climbers wrestling with their privilege of being able to climb on stolen indigenous land while climbing on stolen indigenous land. Yeah, I I think that like, I'm really privileged to be here, you know? This time last year, if I was, you know, getting Cindy out here, I'd post a vid on Instagram, probably throw up a caption like, Super psyched to be crushing out in Bishop, you know, with a couple of emojis with like the flex arm and stuff. I've done a lot of personal growth this year around who I am and what it means to be a pro climber. Nowadays, my captions are more like, I'm privileged to be super psyched to be crushing out in Bishop, you know, with a couple of emojis like, you know, flex arm and stuff. But yeah, it's like a whole new world for me. 
I'm changed, honestly. And then, the film that shocked True Rock's all-white DEI board, The First Ascender. Follow the somber tale of a white woman in a faraway land where nobody speaks English and nobody knows she's a professional climber. Yeah, their culture was like this weird quirky thing we had to like get around. We really wanted to climb this beautiful desert spire, but it was like sacred ground or something. I don't know, something like that. I just needed to remember who I was and what I came there to do. Yeah. Which was? Oh, snag another F.A. Yeah. You know, at first we were worried that the pandemic was going to stop us, but at the end of the day, we were able to, you know, rally up the resources we needed and charter a small plane to get the crew there. It's tough sometimes being a rock climber, but we always figure it out. I think that's the beauty of our sport, figuring things out. I told my dad when I left home to be a climbing photographer that I was going to climb the whole world. And I intend to keep that promise come rain or sleet or cultural sanctity. I will climb everything. It's what I was born to do. What I was born to do. True rock. Good evening. My name is Devin Dabney, and you have just completed Episode 7 of the American Climbing Project. This episode was hosted by me. I also composed all of the music, so everything you have heard and are hearing are by me. The show was produced and written by Rob Moore alongside me. And like all of our episodes, this was supported by the wonderful people at Gnarly Nutrition, Thank you again, Gnarly, for believing in us from Jump Street, literally from the beginning. Your support has meant the world to us, and I cannot overemphasize that at all. And I guess this is the first time I'm going to say this on the podcast, but the American Climbing Project is a part of the Plug Tone Audio Collective. We are a collection of podcasters, creatives, and generally badass people that we've been formulating over the past year. Um, This is one of the projects that Chris Hampton and I have been working on on the DL, and now we're going public with it. So let's get it. (laughs) If you want more of the American Climbing Project shenanigans, you can check us out at AmericanClimbingProject.com. That's where we have our blog, all our academic resources, our future plans, and all of our socials where you can find us and see what we're doing, what we're up to. If you're really down with the American Climbing Project and you want to support us, you can support us with one-time donations through our website, AmericanClimbingProject.com, or you can subscribe to the Patreon, where we just released a bonus episode that is exclusively for Patreon members. It's pretty damn good, and it's going to definitely scratch that itch in terms of racism and climbing. (laughs) Not a very common itch, but I think it's worth scratching. As always, we love to hear from you guys. We love to find ways that we can collaborate and listen to our audience and get a better sense of what you want. So please reach out to us through the website or our socials or really however you can get a hold of us. 
We're always psyched to hear from you, and we look forward to bringing you the rest of the episodes of this season. It's uh, coming to a close, so I hope you've enjoyed the ride thus far. Still got a little bit to go, but I hope you rock with us till the end. Uh, Till next time, my name is Devin Dabney, and you've been listening to the American Climbing Project. I guess uh, enjoy Real Rock if you're going to watch it this year, and uh, enjoy it if you don't. Um, Thanks again, everybody, and I'll talk to you soon. Peace.